What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Championship Leadership Podcast. This is your host, Nate Bailey, and I'm I'm uh, I'm stoked for today's episode. It's really, you know, kind of the reason when I when I decided to start this podcast uh, two and a half years ago, almost three years ago, um, I guess two and a half years ago. You know, this episode was one of those where it's like I want to I want to be able to have a show where I can connect with some people that I look up to, uh, that are up to big things in life, that that have incredible stories to share, uh, that are humble and and just incredible people. And, and today was, was no disappointment for sure. So before we get into the introduction of our guest today, make sure that you please go to natebailey.org. Check out everything that I have going on with Championship Leadership Podcast. All the other episodes were about 250 episodes in. And uh, you can check out my programs. We have the Championship Leadership 24-Hour Experience, Leadership Experience as well as a three-day Unleash the Leader Within the Experience that you can check out as well. You can join our free Facebook group filled with entrepreneurs and business owners that want to become championship leaders. Just an incredible place to connect. So with all of that said, today's guest out of Durham, North Carolina, Charlie Engel. Uh, he's an ultra-running machine, and uh, he's, he's done so for a long time at a very high, highly competitive place as well. He's done bad water, uh, 135. He's ran across the Sahara desert, um, created a film about that experience with two other runners that he ran over 4,500 miles through the Sahara desert, raised millions and millions of dollars. Uh, the film was created with, uh, Matt Damon, like just, just has done some incredible things. He's also spent some time in prison for, and that story is crazy. Uh, he's overcome drug and alcohol addiction. And uh, he's an inspiration to others that are that are struggling in that side of their area of life as well. So with that, uh, I want to introduce you. You can find more about Charlie Engel at charlieengel.com. That's C-H-A-R-L-I-E. And then Engel, E-N-G-L-E.com uh, for his book, the film, and everything else that he's going and, and up to today. So with that, let me introduce you to the amazing and powerful Charlie Engel. Welcome back, Championship Leadership Podcast. 
We got Charlie Engel here from Durham, North Carolina. Uh, Charlie, thank you so much for taking some time today. My pleasure, Nate. Happy to be here, brother. Better than being outside. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. Sounds like you got some freezing rain over where you're at. And, and uh, do you still, uh, I guess, a quick question on that. So obviously you've done a lot of physically challenging uh, experiences, events, uh, some incredibly, incredibly challenging ones. And I know you're continuing to do that. So, uh, so that type of weather, that's how, uh, whether do you look forward to that? Cause then it gives you an opportunity to get out in, in some of that, that weather, or would you prefer to be able to just kind of train in a little bit more ideal conditions from time to time, uh, and, and not, not, uh, worry about those types of conditions. Yeah, no, I, I, I it's a good question. I, I love, you know, weather, especially if you're training for an event, you know, it's the weather's going to be whatever the weather is on race day. So when you make a training plan, yeah, you know, like today I've got 12 miles I need to run and I'm damn sure not going to do it inside. So yeah. It, yeah. it means that whatever the weather is out there, I always look at it too. Like the worse the weather, the less people there are out on the trail. <laughs> True, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this time of year, it's the cold. And here in North Carolina, sometimes it's the heat. And, you know, I'm, I prefer heat over cold, but whatever it is, I'm going to go out in it. Yeah, yeah, right. And I kind of figured that would be the answer. Well, before we get too much more into you, because we definitely want you to, to let the listeners know that haven't heard of you before, who you are and what you're up to. Um, I do like to ask this question, championship leadership is the name of the podcast. So what comes to mind for you when you hear championship leadership? What's that mean to you? You know, when I when I saw the name of your podcast, you know what it what hit me, and I'm just going to go with the first thing that came into my mind is part of my story is that I've been clean and sober for 28 years, and the correlation to the name of your uh, podcast is this idea of what I call attraction rather than promotion. You know, the idea for me is to just live my life. I do live it pretty publicly. You know, I share my struggles, not just the the positive and good things that happen, but the, the hard things, the mistakes that I make. And it's not my job to tell anybody else how to live their life to give advice on that, but I'm open about sharing my experiences. And if they can take one small nugget from something I've done right, and like I've done a good job of, of sharing the struggle with other people. Yeah, yeah. How much of an impact, because you do, you do a lot of different um, experiences all over the world. Um, and maybe you can, well, maybe get into that real quick first before we get into those questions. But, uh, um, you know, I came across you first, I think, with your book, The Running Man. And um, hmm. you definitely go into some detail on some of the struggles that you've had and you just you're really your story throughout your life. And then uh, watched your documentary on Netflix What's it called? Uh, running the Sahara, running yeah, the Sahara yeah. which was incredible. And, um, and just all the, some of the other amazing feats that you've, that you've done in between there. And since then, um, maybe share with, with, uh, with the listeners here real quick, you know, who you are, what the path that you've been on and, and how you've gotten to where you are today and what you're up to today. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. So for those who didn't hear it, my name is Charlie Engel. I'm, I live in North Carolina. I've been, you know, my story really revolves around when I was 20, I'm 58 now. So when I was 29, uh, at that point, I'd spent about a, a decade 
destroying myself with drugs and alcohol. And I finally made a decision that, you know, I, to say, you know, I had a choice between I chose running. <laughs> and, you know, it's this idea that for me, uh, I, I adopted a, a, I think, a philosophy of, you know, what happens to us in life isn't nearly as important as what we choose to do about it. And so everything I ever talk about, my book, Running Man, which Simon & Schuster published a couple of years ago, uh, allowed me a platform and a voice to be able to share not just the hardships, but also the good things. Um, I have run in over 40 countries. I was the first person with, with two teammates of mine to run all the way across the Sahara Desert years ago. And as you mentioned, there's a film running the Sahara and Matt Damon uh, produced that and narrated it. And together, uh, Matt and I created a nonprofit called H2O Africa. And today, it's called water.org and it's the world's largest clean water nonprofit. So wow. uh, it's a it's a great example of sometimes even stupid, hard ideas that make no sense can lead to something really positive in in other areas. And uh, you know, flashing forward to today, you know, I'm I'm uh, I'm married. Uh, my wife uh, is currently battling cancer and it's not the first time in her life. And, you know, again, I'm very open about sharing the, the struggles that come in life. Uh, everybody, most everybody I know is struggling in some way these days. And anybody who says they're not, quite honestly, I would I would I would probably not believe that there's not some struggle in their life. And I uh, I do live by the idea that the more of that struggle that we share with other people, along with the victories and the things that are going right, you know, it's not all about, you know, the bad things, but sharing that struggle, it's the human condition that that's the way that we all get through this together. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What's, um, how did you come into running? Where, where did that come from? Yeah, you know, when I got, so I ran in high school. And ran pretty well in high school. And I grew up with this legacy in my family of being told I was going to be a runner. My grandfather had been the head track coach at University of North Carolina in Chapel Hill for about 40 years. And he died when I was young, so I never knew him. But I grew up with this legacy of running in the family. And, you know, I went to Carolina myself as a 17-year-old freshman. And... I actually found out pretty quickly that I was quite average <laughs> as an athlete, as a student. Uh, you know, there were 4,000 other shiny new freshmen at Carolina that all had, you know, great resumes like mine. And, you know, I got lost and I got lost in drugs and alcohol. And when at 29, my first son was born and that was really the catalyst to change my life. And I found running again at that point. And in fact, the day I got sober, the, the very next morning, you know, I put on my running shoes and went for a short, painful run. And for the next three years straight, I ran without missing a single day. And I also went to recovery meetings. And in that way, during those three years, I, I slowly began to reclaim my life and build a new one. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Thank you. And I do remember that now um, from the book as well. What's um, also in the book, you talk about you end up going to prison and I'd love you to share, you know, 
just what you learned from that. I, I remember you actually ran, you ended up running a hundred miles, right? Was it a hundred or was it a hundred and it was a hundred, right? It was 135. It was 135 for the bad water. Okay. Yeah. So it was 135 and just <laughs> run this small little track and how you used to run in place in your cell yeah. and, and uh, just, just yeah. all of that. Uh, maybe, maybe talk about that experience. I can't imagine having gone through that experience and how you're able to come yeah. out and stronger and use that to push you forward. Yeah, well, look, Nate, and you'll, you'll, uh, you know, I'm sure relate to this as well, your listeners and, and, you know, even people who win championships have struggles and, you know, this run I did across the Sahara really kind of put me on the map, you know, on Leno and over the world. Um, I've spoken at the United Nations, at NATO in Belgium. I've spoken, like, I've had some amazing opportunities, but we all are on this roller coaster of, of low places and high points. And in 2010, I became the target of, a, of an investigation by you know, one federal agent that worked for the IRS. And in short, I became the only person in the United States charged with overstating my income on a home loan application uh, from 2005, you know, a, a no doc uh, stated income loan and really, it was just that agent's way of targeting me. And all those details aren't important. They're in my book and on my website, if anybody wants to know. It's on the front page of the New York Times a couple of times. But suffice it to say, I ended up getting sentenced to 21 months in federal prison in Beckley, West Virginia. And so on Valentine's Day 2011, my kids dropped me off at the front of the prison in, in Beckley and I began to serve basically a year and a half in federal prison. And, you know, it, it changed my life in so many good ways, actually. <laughs> and yeah. like most things in life, it took a few days to figure out that my happiness and the way I was going to handle this situation was still entirely up to me. And no matter what the circumstances were, it was still my choice whether it's a positive experience. And while I never would have chosen it, you know, it allowed me, and I did, I mentioned attraction rather than promotion a minute ago, right? And so I went into prison and the way I handled it was to do what I've always done. I started running yeah. and nobody ran in this prison, <laughs> you know, maybe three guys were running regularly. And by the time I left there a year and a half later, I had a, I had a running group of about 50 guys running with me every day. Wow. I had 11 of them that had lost more than 100 pounds. Uh, I was doing yoga with 25 guys on the softball field three days a week. And, you know, the experience is this idea that I always say, which is, you know, to keep it, you have to give it away. I, I didn't I don't always feel like I have a lot to offer. But what I do have is my my energy, my experience. And if I go out and do something Certain people are going to be attracted to that. It's like the rest of life, you know, and those are the right people for me to spend time with. And in prison, you know, these guys all thanked me. And I mean, the day I left prison was a happy day for me, but I had a lot of guys in tears and like hugging me. And, and I was blown away because they were thanking me. Yeah. And in fact, they're the ones who got me through the experience, you know, giving away whatever gift it is that I had was the way that I got through that hard time. That's an uh, incredible story, really is. And, and uh, which really kind of goes into, obviously, championship leadership. We talk 
leadership inside of this podcast. And clearly, you know, you found a way to, to inspire others and, and to lead others uh, while you were doing, uh, spending your time there in federal prison. Um, leadership, I always say it starts with leading yourself first. And clearly, you have that ability to do that just through the dedication, the discipline that you have and in uh, what you do inside of your physical area of your body, right? And working out and training and taking on incredible experiences. How important is that to you? Or, you know, from the, even from the drug addiction to, to the running, you know, they're, they're, they're two different spectrums of, but they're both extreme, right? And, um, yeah. <laughs> and obviously you've, you've had that in you to, to take whatever it is that you're doing to, to an extreme level. Uh, inside of your life, but how have you seen the ability to lead yourself and and to really take care of yourself through dedication, commitment, discipline, uh, and whatever you do to then go and to inspire those other people that you were talking about? Yeah, Nate, it's a great question. I, I would I first want to comment on what you said in the beginning, and it's so important. It's this idea that, well, look, I teach coaching and life, if you will, just like I, I'm relating to my kids. And the old lesson that, you know, if you're sitting your ass on the sofa eating chips and telling your kids to go outside and play, that's a really terrible message and a really terrible way to send it because yeah. it's ineffective for them. They're going to emulate you. And it's that way in the rest of life. You know, I have, I have mentors, some of whom they know they're a mentor for me and some don't know at all. I watch yeah. them from afar, but I take I take pieces of what they do and how they live that I that I respect and admire, and I try to apply those to my life. And I know that there are people who hopefully see me the same way. Whether they ever tell me they're watching, uh, it, it is not relevant. I try to conduct myself in an open, honest way that you know people can say to me, "I like what you're doing," or they can never say anything at all. And I think that that's the that's the foundation of kind of living honestly and inspiration i mean i'm sorry man inspiration comes from doing from taking action you know words can be inspirational totally hear that but i see too many people on social media and other places who they've got their thing that they're trying to sell and whatever but they're not out there actually trying to do anything like they've they've changed their life to something that their full mission in life is to promote themselves and their, you know, their goals and their, yeah. you know, and the best way to do that, in my opinion, is to do your thing. You know, yeah. I need, I want to keep running and racing and sharing, you know, my sobriety and the other and the environmental issues. I'm a plant-based eater. It's not my job to try to convince other people to eat plant-based. That's not what I'm trying to do. <laughs> But I share my experience with it in order to, you know, as I always, I always make the joke, there's a lot of vegan curious people out there. <laughs> and if I'm not trying to like force it on them, but I'm, but I'm sharing how I do it, yeah. you know, then maybe some of them will say, hey, you know what, I'm going to give that a try. And that's the best way to do it. And, and I, try to, I try to approach every single big topic in my life that same way, to lead by example rather than with my word. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I obviously was picking up on that from, you know, just the shared of the impact that you had on others just in prison by doing what you just would do and leading by that example and how that attract others. And you mentioned it before, too, of 
you know, I'm not necessarily, not necessarily trying to get a bunch of people to follow you. You're just going to go out and do what you do and, and do it at a high level and be that example, not just for your family and your kids, but for anyone else that might be watching. Cause you know that there are, there's a lot of people that just watch and don't necessarily let you know, just like you said, you have mentors that don't really know that they're a mentor for you because you watch them from afar. And, you know, there's a responsibility there. If you, if you recognize that, that man, there's people watching me and what I'm doing and what I'm saying, and what am I, what I'm putting out there? Is it a good example or is it, or is it not? Right. Yeah. Well, you know, again, it's about being honest and I don't, I, I try to share the struggles as much as anything. Cause I'll, it's a crazy thing. I encourage other people to try this experiment. If the only thing you ever post on social media is high volume, uh, life is amazing. Everything's great. More power to you. That's I'm not being critical of that, but try one day sharing some, a, a bad day. Don't just take a day off from social media, share that bad day with people and tell people why you're feeling that way. And I guarantee you get two or three or four times the engagement that you got from the, you know, king of happy land uh, post, yeah. because, yeah. you know, every, the only thing that we all do, all of us, no matter how you live your life is struggle. Yeah. And, and, you know, life, it's not about life being a struggle. There's moments of joy that you also have to really take hold of and recognize. You know, I'll give you an example for me. Um, I still, you know, enter 100 milers and I do long races and big events. And people ask, why are you still doing this? And I, I like to tell them that the only moment I care about in a 100 miler is the moment that I want to quit. because. <laughs> That's the only moment that I'll actually remember. And it's the same with business. It's the same with relationships. You know, we don't remember the easy times, the times when everything went right, because those aren't the times that actually help shape uh, our, you know, who we are and how we respond to stress and difficulty. It's the, it's the times when you're sure that you can't go on anymore that make, and then you find a way to go yeah. another mile, another mile. You know, those are the ones that we remember. Yeah. Well, I was going to, that, that's a good segue because I was definitely going to ask you about that, you know, from running across the Sahara to, to multiple times through races like Badwater and, and many of the other things that you've, you've done and accomplished. Yeah. What would be the driver for you to continue to do that, which I think you just spoke to? And then, you know, I think a lot of others would, would look at someone like you. I've had, I've had the opportunity to have Dean Carnazian and, and some others that just take on crazy physical challenges iron cowboys been on and uh and yeah what continues to keep you driven to take on these types of experiences and and i think the other thought would be that someone like yourself doesn't ever have the thought to quit or but obviously you do right you're not any different than anyone else but uh it's what you're doing inside of those moments that that i suppose makes a difference right yeah, well, first I'll speak to this idea of, again, not wanting to quit. I don't know a single ultra runner, if they're honest, if they're honest, <laughs> or or business person, or anybody who's trying yeah. to raise kids. Come on, man. We all, every once in a while, are going, Jesus, I'd love to just quit this and go do something else. <laughs> right. You know, because because that's some days it's it's hard, but it's important to recognize those days. And to, to make the metaphor about running, you know, if I'm at 60 miles of a hundred miler and I am depleted, I feel like I want to quit. And I'm asking myself that dreaded question. Why did I think this was a good idea again? 
Yeah. You know, what experience tells me that it's all about fuel. All right. So I know in that moment I've trained for the event. I was yeah. ready. So if I don't feel good right now, it means that I need to eat a thousand calories. I need to drink a couple of big drinks. I need to just keep moving, but slow down and keep the, don't sit in a chair and wait to feel better. Just keep it moving, consume the calories, give my body the fuel. And again, the same applies to business, to family, to life. You know, you, you know the fuel that you need in that moment. And it's not instantaneous. But 20 minutes later, at, you know, by the time I hit 61 or 62 miles and I've eaten all that and I've drunk and I've, you know, I've slowed down a little bit, suddenly the body knows what to do. You know, the body will, even if I still feel like crap, <laughs> I feel better. Yeah. And when your pain level or your insanity is at a nine, if it just drops down to a seven, uh, you know, it changes your whole outlook and you begin to feel optimistic again. And I, and I think, again, that that's, the, that's my mission to project to other people. And I occasionally do a little coaching with people and all of that. And what I try to do, I'm not a good nuts and bolts. Like, I'm not the guy to tell you how many miles to run on Tuesday. That's not my thing. <laughs> yeah. But I am the guy to tell you wh what the benefit is and how, you know, if you're a runner or you do any athletics, I would I would bet almost anybody listening to this that regularly exercises that the best ideas they ever have come either during exercise or immediately after exercise. Yeah, that's a great point. And it's because of the and the way and the way that feels, even if it feels awful while you're doing it. It fires your brain, man. You're thinking. I do most of my phone calls when I'm out running, if they're creative calls, because I actually mm -hmm. know that it's going to help me think more clearly. That my ideas are going to be firing much more quickly. My biggest problem is taking notes because yeah. I get home and I forget what I said. But you know, it, it's it's this idea that, and it's all about energy and motivation, and you know, just if you move, things will always go better. And so I, my mission is to not look back. I could hardly, my wife gives me a hard time because I rarely talk about things I've already done because I'm so super yeah. focused on what I'm doing right now and what I hope to do in the future. Yeah, no, that's so true for me too. I've, uh, I have a ton of, and I will actually stop or I'll, I'll start walking or slow down or whatever. And I'll, I'll get my notes out and I'll take notes because yeah, I'll, I will not remember them if I don't put it down. But, uh, and then sometimes yeah. I put it down and I'm like, what was that thought again? <laughs> what am I trying to say here? Because I'll just do that. That happens to me all the time. Yeah. I go back and, and my brilliant ideas that I had, I'll come back and I'll tell my wife, and she's looking at me like, "Really? That's <laughs> right. That's your that's your big idea." And I'm like, yeah. "Okay, maybe that was maybe that was not great, but yeah. you know, yeah. uh, you know, but that's still the best way to do it." That's good. One more main question here. I, I want to respect your time. Um, what's What's like a critical moment, kind of a fork in the roads moment for you where obviously you made the decision that you did because it has you where you are today. But had you not, you'd be in a very much different place in life than you are today. Um, I think there's a lot of, you know, a lot of business owners, entrepreneurs in this in, in on this podcast that listen that are especially after 2020 and kind of still continuing into 2021. What's the challenges that we've had? 
there's a lot of critical moments people are facing and not always sure how to decide or choose and move inside those moments. So it's, it's powerful to hear others and how they've reacted in those situations. So is there a moment that comes to mind you can share? Well, I mean, if I go back to, you know, the day I got sober, which is a, an easy one, and then I'll move to the future. Yeah. Uh, you know, had I not made that decision that day, you know, A, I doubt I would be alive at this point. But yeah. it sounds strange to say, but I'm actually grateful for drugs. And, yeah. and what I mean by that is if I had just been a drinker, I, I was a bad drinker too, but there's a decent likelihood that today, 28 years later, I would still be drinking yeah. and my life would be miserable and it would just be, you know, it would, it would not be a good situation. So that was a fork that, you know, I definitely chose the right path. And, I, and I'll, the people that are listening to this, <laughs> anybody who's ever been successful at things, I'm business and I don't necessarily mean monetary success, whatever your definition of that, there's a period of obsession that you need in order to be successful. You have to like commit yourself to that goal, to that thing, not knowing where it's going to go or if it's yeah. going to work out. You have to be obsessed. So there are the, the hardest decision that I make today is spreading myself too thin I have a couple of business things going on right now that I know in my gut, I am not giving them the attention that they need. And if I don't switch that gear and, and become obsessed, even addicted <laughs> to the goal that I have around that business idea, then it's going to wither on the vine and, it, and it's just going to die and go away or I'm going to half ass it. I'm great at the idea portion. And I freely admit that there, I'm often terrible at the execution part. And so the final thing I'd say about that is, you know, one of the decisions I'm working hard on these days is to not be so um, uh, covetous of my ideas and worried that like somebody's going to steal them. First of all, if your idea is that brilliant, a hundred other people have already had the idea before. So, you know, it's the execution that matters. It's actually getting it done. So. I'm trying to be more open uh, about helping, letting other people help me make the right decision rather than owning all of the idea and the decision making myself. And that's a fork in the road that I face every single day. Yeah. And I'm trying to do a better job at. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. That's, that's, uh, yeah, there's a lot of, there are a lot of dreamers and idea people out there too that, that, uh, same situation just uh, lack the execution. So that's a great one. Appreciate that. What's uh, I was, uh, I actually, I have to tell you one quick story. Just yeah. quick. So years ago, I was working as a TV producer for ABC's Extreme Makeover Home Edition. So I was the senior producer on this show. And this is at a time in the mid 2000s, you know, uh, so I came up with a couple of ideas for shows. And one of them was just simply called Repo Man. All right. So this is reality TV's heyday back in like 2005. Yeah. Yeah. And the creator of Extreme Makeover Home Edition is like my best friend at the time. And so he's got this power right now to get shows made. So I wrote this super simple idea that it would be interesting to follow around, you know, guys who are repossessing cars and the craziness that might happen around all that and you know and whatever and it and I half asked it and pushed this and that and whatever and 
you know, was basically had a few doors closed and I gave up on the idea. Two years later, there's like four shows about, you know, Moses boats, cars, whatever. I mean, this idea. And it really drove home the point. I have no idea if I had the idea before them or after them. It's not about anybody stealing an idea. It's about execution. I didn't have what it took to get the job done on pushing idea over the finish line. And someone else did. And it taught me the lesson. And, you know, I got a couple of things happening right now that I am, you know, I'm charging towards the goal line and it, it may still be a long ways away, but every single day, my, my mission and focus is to at least make progress. Yeah. 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 That's huge. Yeah. That, I uh, remember seeing some of those shows. So it's funny you say that uh, where they would go out and take in somebody. Terrible car. shows. I'm yeah. actually <laughs> glad that I'm glad that I didn't. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> because yeah. it just. <laughs> There's to indicate how it exacerbates struggling. It makes it even worse. So in that sense, yeah. you know, it, the the point was I just didn't have what it took to get it done. Yeah, yeah. Well, as we do wrap up here, uh, what is like one or two things that if the listeners were to implement and take action on those today would help move their life forward today? What what would those be? I'll tell you number one, and I, and you know, won't surprise you. The things I'm telling you are the things that I struggle with. So number one is I have a to-do list every single day. I write it on freaking envelopes. I write it in my <laughs> journal. I uh, whatever. And if if there's ten things on that list, I actually know that there's two things on that list that are really important, and those are the things I need to focus on. Yeah. But what do I do? I focus on the other eight because yeah. they're easier to get done. I can check the box. I can feel like I got, I made some progress. I, but I know in my heart that those two things that I need to be focusing on, that I just push them, you know, down the road for another day. And so my number one like suggestion for myself and for anybody listening is you know the project that you really want to do and stop screwing around with all those other little to-do list things that keep you busy and distracted from the real goal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We can all relate to that for sure. So that's, uh, that's, that is a huge one. Kind of make, make those top two, your non-negotiables for the day. Right. And, uh, get them done. What is a few yeah, ways? Exactly. That we could, I mean, when yeah. we hang up, when we hang up my two, my two, yeah, go for it. What's your two? No, I was just going to say my two are, are those are the things I'm going to do. You, you, I think you're probably going to ask what's the best way to, to follow along or. Yeah, I was. Yep. So number one is really the clearinghouse easy way to do it. It's just to go to my website, which is just charlieengel.com. On there is all my social media handle. Um, I blog. There's a bunch of stuff, uh, talks that I've given in front of thousands of people and in front of, you know, like Mrs. Johnson's first grade class. So, <laughs> and they're equally important, you know, and yeah. uh, so that's the simplest way. I mean, I'm on all the social media, but I'm not a, I'm not a, you know, I try to just tell real stories about what's going on in my life and uh, wins, losses, everything else. So, you know, I'm nobody's guru, but hopefully I set a good example for those people, especially that are struggling with, um, addiction issues. And I'll, I'll finish by saying on my website is my phone number and my email address. And I think you can attest that I'm pretty easy to get in touch with. And yep. so 
if anything I said today is is interesting or someone wants to speak or exchange a message in private, uh, by all means, reach out to me and I'll do my best. Yeah, that's awesome. I appreciate you doing that. And uh, um, definitely check out his book. I, I loved it. I, I read it probably in a few days. It was a quick read just because it was very interesting and, and, uh, and flowed well together. Great writer. And uh, check out that the uh, the doc, the Netflix. It's on Netflix, right? Or maybe I watched it on Amazon, I guess, actually. What's the yeah, name of it again? The Sahara. Running the Sahara. Yeah. Incredible story. And uh, so I appreciate you being here today. Thank you so much, Charlie. Uh, it means a lot. Let's go. In 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, nature going home. I miss my life, miss my wife. For 15 months, she was all alone. But when I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't all right. I didn't reconnect with it. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera, I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable from my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years. Years of marriage has never been better than this. And we got three kids, that's who I do it for. I'm gonna be a leader. I'ma lead the way, cause I'm a firm believer. We can do anything we want. If I said it, then I meant it. I probably already did it. Consider it done. Consider it done. If you need some inspiration, you should play this. Championship Leadership Podcast. Hey, baby. Champion, 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 champion.